1: Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress.
2: Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started.
0: Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. And now, Move the Sticks. 10 Takeaways from Week 5 with Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, and Rhett
3: Lewis. What's Yo. up, everybody? Move the sticks here, and guys, we've uh, we've got our takeaways here, which we've already put in to the rundown. But we do have some breaking news here that I think we do need to uh, talk about here at the top. Uh, Buck, I guess I'll start with you here. Redskins fire Jay Gruden. No, no surprise, is there?
4: No, kind of long overdue, and I, I think here's what hap- happens: uh, DJ in front offices and, and those things. Like, obviously, we always talk about when you make a decision, you make a team decision. Everyone works together. We're all kind of making a collaborative effort. And once a guy is picked, he becomes our guy. He doesn't become the front office's guy. He's not the coach's guy or whatever. And I think when you started to hear the leaks about Dwayne Haskins not necessarily being who the coaches preferred and those things kind of leaking out and we have some other issues with Adrian Peterson, it just seemed like, look, maybe not through any fault of his own or maybe by being too honest with some of his Uh, media cohorts. Jay Gruden kind of wrote his own epitaph when it came to uh, his dismissal as the Washington Redskins head coach. And uh, I just I just think it speaks to the lack of chemistry and continuity that existed in Washington.
0: Yeah, I mean, this quarterback was probably the icing on the cake. Right. But, um, you know, the fact of the matter is, You know, he's a guy who comes in with an offensive specialty and and they have not been able to perform offensively. And, you know, we we go back to if you think back to Alex Smith coming over, we were looking at it in our aftermath meeting. They were six and three with Alex Mm -hmm. Smith as their starting quarterback. They've been one and 11 since. So, you know, obviously that injury, you know, was an, an unfortunate kind of piece of this whole equation because then it forces you into the Haskins market. Maybe they were in it already, but still it's, you know, it's just one of those things where they haven't gotten the quarterback right at all, you know, much less how they handled this one, DJ.
3: Yeah. I think, you know, you look at the quarterback position, you can go back. I think Jay Gruden started there in 2014. um, And you can look, there's never been a period of time, except for that little stretch with Alex Smith, where the entire organization has been behind the same quarterback because remember we had the RG3 Cousins thing yep. uh, that was at the tail end of that whole issue when when Gruden took o- or when Jay Gruden took over so you have that then there was you know never committing to Cousins right it's it's franchise tag not doing a long term deal so obviously people in the front office didn't think he was a long-term solution. And and who knows? Maybe they were right in that, the way things are starting to play out here in Minnesota. But the point being, the guy on the field, not everybody was behind him. Then you get that little sliver there with Alex Smith, uh, where they're all on the same page from the front office to the coaching staff, and they have success. And then that unfortunate injury to him. And then since then, here we've got another shuffling of the quarterbacks. And some people are you know, allegedly Haskins guys. Other people uh, are Colt McCoy guys. It's just they can't get on the same page. So where they go from here, They need to identify, is Dwayne Haskins that guy? And if he is that guy, let's get behind him with the entire organization. And if not, Buck, this could be a situation just like the Arizona Cardinals where they could double dip. You look at the Arizona Cardinals, go Josh Rosen one year, come back with the first overall pick, and go Kyler Murray. That, to me, is while even if you think Dwayne Haskins is not ready or prepared to play in the NFL right now, before we get to the halfway mark, you have to at least get him up to speed so he can start the final eight games of this season. Pare it down, whatever you got to do. But you have to get an evaluation of him because this team is is uh, is dancing towards a top five pick. Well, what if what if it's the people that make those decisions that just
0: already believe that he's the answer? And I mean, at that point, does it matter?
3: Well, I mean, then you better hire somebody as right. a coach that's going to come in sight unseen and, and, and be, and be all okay in with a guy yeah. that he hasn't seen throw yeah. play much in the NFL. That's the challenge of getting a coach. Yeah, well, I think this was
4: this was uh, kind of mishandled from the start. Um, I, th- I think when we go back and we look at how the young quarterbacks have played, DJ, every young quarterback that has been drafted at the top of the board has played immediately, whether it's a game or two. They get in there. Daniel Jones jumped right in after two games, and so yep. for the Wayne Haskins. And this organization, look, if you take Dwayne Haskins where you take him, you have to kind of be all in. And everyone has to kind of pull the boat in that direction. So if Dwayne Haskins can't throw out routes, don't call out routes. Like, whatever you're committed to doing around the quarterback, it has to be a full organizational effort. And, look, this seemed like it was a tug of war between Jay Gruden and the front office and the owner and who should play. And I think, unfortunately, look, Dwayne Haskins got thrown in the middle and also felt like Dwayne Haskins didn't do his part just from the outside looking in. I didn't feel like he prepared like some of those other guys prepared to be ready for his opportunity when his number was called. And so he was put out there, set up to fail. But regardless – Whoever takes over this job, short-term and long-term, I do believe that that is probably one of the first questions that they ask. How do you feel about Dwayne Haskins? How can you make him better? How can you build his team around
0: him? I want to know what type of coach, what profile of coach, will thrive in that environment in Washington. What type of coach can make that work there uh, with minimal input, right, probably in, in front and in personnel decisions, and a quarterback kind of conundrum with a first round guy coming in from the year
3: before. You know you know who can make it there in that type of environment you go get yourself a defensive coach is what you do and you get have all not this done it focus on all this drama away from the quarterback and the offensive side when you look at the roster that they have there are some pieces on the mm-hmm. defensive side of the ball there are long ways to go on the offensive side of the ball so let's be good in one spot sure let's go get a defensive head coach let's build up you know around the assets you have there and let's play great defense but you guys you want to talk about a, a you know you watch a fireworks show buck you know you have the grand finale yep This was the way that it ended up for the Washington Redskins that made this decision so easy. I was talking to Red about this a little bit earlier. But you had 53 snaps offensively, right? You give up six sacks. You give up 10 and half tackles for loss. You fumble the ball three times, so I'm not a math guy, but that sure seems like on a lot of plays you're either getting tackled for a loss, giving up a sack, or or turning the ball over. Not to mention the one interception. So you're about 40%. four times you, you you put the ball on the ground. I mean, it's it's darn near hat's darn near half your snaps. Something terrible is happening. Yeah, I mean that was a grand finale of a way to go out.
4: It is a grand finale, and I felt like he let go of the rope at the end of it. So. DJ, it's funny that you talked about a defensive minded head coach. So, some of the names that are being thrown out for this job have included Mike Tomlin and Ty Bowles. Ty Bowles makes a lot of sense because Ty Bowles spent time in Washington, played for the Washington Redskins on one of their Super Bowl teams. He is uh, well respected and well liked. And remember, Doug Williams, when he became a head coach in college at Morehouse, Ty Bowles was his defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So, there may be a link oh, and a tie yeah. to that. Hey, so, you know where that
0: defensive models worked? Buffalo, yeah, where they it has and it does. Yeah.
4: Like DJ is right, it does take some of the pressure and the focus off of the quarterback, and it becomes more on all right. Let's build this team to play complementary football. I believe, like defensively, they have enough pieces to be competitive. They have enough guys that they've invested in in the draft, enough resources where they should be a solid to above average defense. Good defense. Find a way to run the football. You can at least make games close and competitive, and you'll win some of those.
0: Yeah, and numbers. figure out the Trent Williams deal. That can't just be continuing to hang out there, right? I
4: mean, You've
3: got an asset. If yeah. he, not, he doesn't <laughs> want to show up there, at some point in time, go. D- to sell off your asset, get yourself some picks. Uh, yeah. This is just stubbornness. And I, I mean, to me, that makes no sense to me whatsoever on that whole thing. We got yeah, right to get to the rest of these takeaways. We, we could do. do a whole hour show on the Washington Redskins <laughs> and their dysfunction. Uh, but uh, I'll start us off. I, I always give you a takeaway from the game I was at doing these Charger games. And that was the Denver Broncos uh, getting their first win. And the big takeaway for me was just a dominant defensive performance by the Broncos. Takes the snap.
0: Looking right. Middle of the end zone. Intercepted. Intercepted in the end zone by Alexander Johnson. The one- Thing you couldn't
3: have happened. I don't know if Rivers saw him. Nah, he was never he was, saw. Him. He was locked in on Mike Williams. Did not see the underneath defender in the middle of the field. Yeah, in the middle of the field, down there in tight quarters, you can't be late with the ball. It's crowded in there. Um, it's a that was a you know something you don't see from a veteran quarterback very often. Philip Rivers. Um, that was a big error in that ball game. Also, you look at the uh, going for it fourth and one at the goal line before the first half. Uh, the Denver Broncos get a stop. So, you know, you can choose to look at it and say, man, the Chargers were sure in, uh, inept on offense, but I give the Broncos credit. Those two big plays down there on the goal line and then the rest of the day really gave up nothing. I mean, the Chargers did not have an offensive touchdown. 0 for uh, 4 the in first the First time, uh, yeah, nothing. So you got a punt return from Desmond King. So this defense for an 0-4 Broncos team, who trust me in studying them all week long, is much better than that record. Yeah. Could easily have been sitting there at 500. And that defense was dominant, and Buck, when you look at the other side of the ball, Philip Lindsay, they ran the heck out of it. So when your backs against the wall and you gotta have it, it's amazing how some things you can go back in time, defense run game, and uh, there you go, you get your first win.
4: Yeah, that, that's always a recipe to be successful, and we knew that Vic Fangio would be able to get his team to finally buy into that, and so it worked out. Uh, I'm more troubled when I look at the charges. when I look at the the, the stat sheet. Uh, 48 pass attempts for Phillip Rivers, to me, is too many. Uh, they have to balance it up. I understand that Look, this is a team that is driven by the quarterback, but I just think they cannot get out of whack when it comes to the run-pass relationship. they got to make sure that they're a little more balanced. You now have Melvin Gordon back. I'm not saying that Melvin Gordon is ready to be an all-star or a Pro Bowl player, but he has to get more touches. They got to lean a little more on their running game, take some of the pressure off Phillip Rivers despite his greatness and excellence as a player throughout his career.
0: How often do you say a team with 12 penalties for 122 yards wins the game? (laughs) I know it yeah, yeah, I mean that was was, unbelievable. That, that's unbelievable. That's
3: impressive. Lot. Yeah, no question. And they were costly penalties. I mean, right. if not for some of those penalties, the Chargers don't really move the ball. I mean, that the one penalty, pass interference penalties, uh, was a huge play in that in their drive. So they 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 just were dominant up front. And look, they've when you've got Von Miller, you know who made a huge difference. Uh, watching them without Kareem Jackson and watching that defense with Kareem Jackson, he had eight tackles at half, and he buck he was flat-footed reading and from the safety position. And these were not these were not catch tackles at you know six yards beyond the line of scrimmage. He's you coming down He was at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. It was it was like whoa. Okay, that's that's a little different. Now that's a he's a big time dude. Uh, he was in that game coming from the safety position. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. So I, I I have the next one. All right, keep us going here, Buck. The squeaky wheel gets the grease.
0: This is third and four. Cousins out of the shotgun. Back to pass. Pats it for feeling to the end zone. Thielen, it's a 9-0 lead, Minnesota.
4: You know, DJ, Rhett, you guys may know, like, I'm a huge John Wooden fan. And John Wooden used to have a rule for his old UCLA teams. No whining, no crying, no excuses. That doesn't work. <laughs> no, no. That doesn't work. I think the Minnesota Vikings have shown that, no, you need to whine, you need to cry, you need to make excuses. And if you do those things, you can get what you want. Adam Thielen made a little bit of a deal about not getting enough opportunities after last week's game, and lo and behold, seven catches, 130 yards, two touchdowns. He has a quarterback apologizing to him in the run-up to the game. And finally, this Minnesota passing game, which has a lot of resources and money tied into it, kind of looked apart. And so I'm not saying that's what motivated and got Kirk Cousins going, but I do believe there was a concerted effort to diversify their offense a little bit. You saw Adam Thielen play like a Pro Bowler. You saw Kirk Cousins get back on track and play like the big money acquisition that they got. And then you saw more room for Dalvin Cook. This is how the Minnesota Vikings want to play. It just took a little urging.
0: Yeah, there's no, there's nothing to say that you can't have both, right? You can't yeah. have you know an effective yeah. run
4: game with one an explosive pass game, yeah. right? You can you have you can have your cake and eat it.
3: When I watched the tape, you guys, I saw um, I saw that. Offense that we anticipated seeing, which was Dalvin Cook on a lot of that outside zone, um, really cranking it up, getting Dalvin Cook involved in the screen game, and then all of a sudden, what do you know? The boot, the boot action, this offense is known for the stretch play action, those crossing routes. Uh, you know, Adam Thielen's wide open. I mean, it was it was nicely done, and that's that's what we anticipated seeing. And I, I will also say, this, Garrett Bradbury, who struggled a little bit there, rookie center, had a really good game nice. uh, against yeah. the Giants and was able to execute some of those reach blocks we saw him do at NC State and just overall held up better. So um, encouraging sign. This defense, there are no questions about this Vikings defense. We know what they can do. Uh, so this offense, and maybe it takes a little while. It's going to be an up and down you know, situation with them. But if they can just get into the tournament, and this is mm-hmm. an offense, in my opinion, while it might not be consistent week to week, guys, this thing could get cranked up for three or four weeks in the postseason. And they, they have the capability of winning the whole thing because their defense is that good.
0: No, Now, keeping in mind here, the Giants defense is not going to set any records this year, uh, We unless it's on the... The yeah, I'm wrong not talking side. about them. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. when
3: you when you look at when you look at the defense and the sure. personnel that they have, personnel, and absolutely. you look at the let's not, and we talk about in the postseason for offense, Steady Eddie's great for a 16 game season. When you get in the postseason, it's about your ceiling. How high how right. high of a level can you play? That's Joe Flacco rule, right? Joe Flacco over 16 games, eh. but he can get hot for three or four weeks and he can right. win the whole dang thing. When I look at this Minnesota offense, they have the pieces and the upside to play at a high level. I don't anticipate they're going to do it week in and week out, but I'm telling you this. This is it's it's a scary team if they get into the postseason. That's all I'm saying.
0: No question. And just have to get these type of performances against teams that are also playoff caliber, uh, which we've yet to see since our yep. cousins has joined the Vikings. That'll be a big piece of it. All right. I'll get us to our next takeaway here, guys. It was an absolutely Texas sized offensive performance by the Texans in Houston.
3: Deshaun gets the snap, looking left. Watson dancing and Watson throwing downfield. And he's got Fuller across the 15, 10, 5. Rock and roll. Touchdown to Will
0: Fuller. And that seals the deal. Man, I wish I could have heard Mark Vandermeer for the entire game. Because he, I mean, he's he, he had he's to great. have some deep ball calls loaded up going into this one. Because, I mean, they absolutely destroyed a devastatingly bad Atlanta defense and it's getting worse. And it, I feel like, you know, for the last three weeks and you're like, okay, are they, have they hit rock bottom yet? Uh, but look, let I'll get to that. That's a whole different story. They're led by Will Fuller's 217 receiving yards. Um, look, a guy I was telling you all week on NFL fantasy live, start Will Fuller, start Will Fuller. Um, nice. And, and he took advantage. It's so they're 10 for 13 on third down. That certainly helps. The fact that Deshaun Watson was only pressured twice on his 33 dropbacks. Now, yeah. we know that this this team can give up some pressure, even though they've been better uh, this year in that regard. I mean, the fact that Atlanta couldn't get to him and then couldn't, you know, if they're de- devoting all those resources, as you're going to see on the aftermath later today, mm-hmm. uh, to stopping, you know, to coverage, you got to be able to defend two or three guys out there running routes. And, and it just, look... And I'm not trying to make it a hot take, but because it's not. In fact, that Deshaun Watson this year and then in the future, I'm not sure there's a quarterback. I mean, oh, it is hot take. Hot take, hot take, hot take. But there's not a quarterback I'd take uh, other than Deshaun Watson right now.
4: Hey, look, man, when I was watching the game and I'm just thinking, I mean, it kind of reminded me of being. I mean, I'm a little old to be in the club, but like it reminded me of just hearing this song Shot, shot, shot. Yeah, shot, 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 yeah. shot. Everybody, <laughs> like just, it was shots left and right. Like Deshaun Watson is That's just so taking, watch. he's just taking shots down the field. And you're right. We've talked about it, DJ, the last two years. Will Fuller is the biggest X factor on this offense. His presence on the outside allows them to stretch the field vertically, creates openings and opportunities for everyone horizontally. He is a key factor. And, if the Texans are able to play like this, where they really push the ball down the field and Deshaun Watson is taking advantage of those seams and those holes, man, it is something to watch. I mean, this is the offense that I would pay to see, but I just don't know if Bill O'Brien can do this each and every week, which is why it does feel like Deshaun Watson could be in that conversation for Batman Holmes. Yeah. I just don't know if he has the support I tell you Coaching what, the, wise, the, the, to yeah, and like the that. way
0: that Carlos Hyde's been running the ball, too, has been encouraging this year yeah. and that they've been committed to it, even in a game where they were succeeding in the past game so much. We still saw there was run, there was room on the ground for Carlos Hyde. Um, and I think we know that this defense has in Houston has a capability of being a really good one in the AFC. This is an absolute playoff contender, Super Bowl contender in
3: Houston.
4: Ooh, man. Red no hot taking. Red,
0: Red.
3: I I worry a little bit still about the Houston Texans secondary. That would be the only thing that's kind of keeping me from such a bold prediction. Just wait till Lonnie Johnson gets rolling, all right? Mm. There you go. Big Lonnie. Um, (laughs) Buck, Rhett mentioned it there for a second. (laughs) When I watched this, they have a touchdown. Think about this. They've got an eight-man protection, OK? <laughs> so they're going to take a shot, right? You try. To, now, now uh, you yeah. call plays. You call plays is what you do now on high school. Yeah. Right? So when you're trying to anticipate what you're going to get, if you're going to take a shot and you're going to go max protection, you're hoping you're going to get pressure, right? Yes. You're going to get pressure. Yes. We're going to be one-on-one. One-on-one. we take got max a shot. protection. Yep. Let that develop. We're going to take a shot. Now, think about this. You dial it up, max protection. You've got eight men in protection. And then you see um, them rush three. They drop eight. Yikes, And you right? got to be sitting on the oh, sideline. That's, well, that's not a guess good Guess do. wrong
4: on this one. Right. Guess wrong take the check
3: down. You've got no shot, except it's a long touchdown. I mean, th- I've never seen eight men drop and spread <laughs> out all over the entire field and get carved up with two dudes out there running around, which is exactly what happened in this game. It was awful. It was a combination of communication. It was a combination of of just lack of athleticism, and and then it was also, um, I would say, the effort didn't look great no. there from the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, that's as bad as you can get defensively, and and they got Carson. How up is like this possible, by Deshaun Watson? How is so, that possible? So
4: now we have to take a look at that. Like so, there's been some conversation about Dan Quinn possibly being on the hot seat. Um, Whenever you're the head coach and you decide to take over one side of the ball, oh, yeah. you decide to become the play the play caller. Yeah, you're and accountable it you, now. It puts you under a lot of scrutiny, and I'm gonna say this personally. I I believe the previous guy, Marquand Manuel, did a solid job for them as a defensive coordinator. But now that Dan Quinn is taking it over. This defense looks nothing like it used to. And I know there's been, and you see it each week when you watch the Chargers, there has been a bit of a catching up to the old Seattle Seahawks cover three single high safety defense. So you do have to keep evolving. What I'm seeing from Atlanta is troubling because the premise of the defense was to not allow the big play. And we're seeing the Falcons give up big play after big play after big play on a weekly
3: basis. Hey, no doubt. Uh, it's uh, But look, you look, choose to look at it either way, right? We can uh, we can kind of kill the Falcons, or you can get fired up, as Red is, predicting this. Come on, let's go. They get really, really, uh, really fired up. Rhett's Red's sister may or may not work for May or may not. Texans were my Super Bowl prediction. May or may not. May or may not. All right, next one here. Let's keep it rolling here. We don't have to spend much time on this one. It's going to be pretty self-explanatory. The Philadelphia Eagles, uh, they have a pass rush all of a sudden. Luke Falk, crumpling pocket and down with Graham with his second sack today, Brandon Graham. Well, look. Nice nice batting practice game. <laughs> You've got some struggles there with your pass rush. Get somebody out there throwing 65 mile an hour right down the plate, which is what happened with the Jets. And if you're a Jets fan and you're wondering, who gave up these pressures? Well, I wasted five minutes of my life this morning <laughs> watching Chart-Nut. all these sacks, so I could tell you the answer. OK. Uh, so winners gave up one. Chuma Adoga in his first start, he gave up two. Uh, Khalil at center gave up one. Beecham at tackle gave up two, although one of them, uh, you had to back chip the guy right off of him, which I'm sure he really appreciated that. <laughs> Wesco gave up one and then I would put three of them on the quarterback. So there you go. That's five minutes of my life I can't get back. By. Um, but that's a <laughs> you know, you that's for an that. Eagles pass rush that needed a little bit of juice and they got it done. Look, yeah. they, they did get it done.
4: I, I think and I saw your tweet uh, about the New York Jets because uh, I think we do need to talk about the Jets. Uh, Sam Darnold yep. shouldn't feel any pressure when he returns because the New York Jets have shown them exactly Other than who they the, Other are. than
3: the guys that are pressuring him. Yeah, like like
4: they've shown exactly who they are without him. He comes back, and if they look any – Terrible. It, I mean, if they look different at all, it's a credit to him because right now this is a team that doesn't have a lot mm-hmm. of explosive players. They don't have, I mean, the kind of weaponry that you need to compete in the NFL. Like, Le- yeah, you have – Lev Rob Bell Anderson. sat out for yes, this. Yes, you have Lev Bell. I mean, it's just – it's troubling. And Adam Gase, I mean, look, man, Jody – has to kind of hang tight for a little bit. But it'll be interesting to see the dynamics between these two because Adam Gase, in my estimation, is the king of average. And I've never seen him really elevate anybody. I'm waiting to see him elevate an offense, elevate a quarterback, help them be something that they cannot be without uh, someone else's tutelage. We'll see how it goes.
3: Hi, hey, boys. Uh, can I can I bring this to the spiritual realm Please. For, uh, for Joe Douglas for the offseason? He needs to have a Noah's Ark offseason. Oh He's got to go find two tackles, two corners, <laughs> two, two pass rushers. It's just two by two. Trot him onto the Ark. Need to trot them all onto the Ark there with Noah, the Jets. He Noah, needs two of everything. Noah's Ark. Oh, well, my God.
0: The flood is already there, so um, it's, 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 it's time. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they, they are already drowning. <laughs> yeah. Time to get on his ass. <laughs>
3: everything. Uh,
0: all right. Uh, Bug, you want to take us to London?
4: John Gruden is pushing all the right buttons.
0: It's a power-eye look from the two.
3: Under center, here comes Jacobs. Jumps, dives over the top. Touchdown! Touchdown, Raiders!
4: Man, look who's laughing now. (laughs) The Oakland Raiders are sitting at 3-2 after finally navigating their way through the A-B drama the Oakland Raiders are beginning to look like a respectable team. This is not the result that I expected when they were taking on the Chicago Bears. But John Gruden is really good when he understands how you're going to attack them. And the running game and the balance of offense. Josh Jacobs is exactly what he wants. He's a physical running back that can catch the ball out the backfield. He gave it to him 26 times, 123 yards, two touchdowns. He is now the bell cow of the offense. They can hang their wag hitch their wagon to him, and then they're running a complimentary passing game with Derek Carr off of that. Look, man, it doesn't always look pretty, but the Raiders are kind of moving towards being a very respectable team in the John Gruden era.
0: Do you think he enjoyed that one? Oh, I think he loved Do it. Do you think John Gruden loved, that one? loved that one? <laughs> I mean, he said he's fifty-six what years old. He, line, never, he said he was fifty-six years old, and I never had more fun in my life than today. Ooh. They sound like it may have been personal.
3: Yeah. sure. no, he had. He, yeah, they he won had a the little, trade, right? That one they won bit. the Mac trade, right? I, yeah. Well, well, here's here, here's what I want to say about that trade because yeah. obviously everybody's going to say you don't trade Khalil Mac and that was a mistake. I think all three of us would agree uh, that was right. a mistake. Now, but the one area that people don't look at is they go, okay, Mac, and they compare Mac with the picks, but. Now, I think there was a creative way, if they had to cash, there's a creative way where they could have fit all this under one tent. But you can't argue the fact that by not paying Mac, with that money, they wouldn't pay Trent Brown, who who has played – not, not you know, in the discussion as the best. No, no, no. He is the best right tackle in the NFL right now. <clears throat> the way he is playing and it, it, I don't know. That's necessarily close. He is dominating in the run game. He's reliable in pass protection. He's a difference maker up front. So I just think that gets kind of lost in the equation of the balance sheet of well Mac and the picks. Well, it was also the money. The money you didn't pay Mac, they used that money to pay Trent Brown. Now I, I think there's probably a creative way where you could have figured out how, a way to get both. Yeah. But that was a bonus for them to be able to use that money there. And I think right now with this offensive line, Richie Incognito, do I want him to uh, want to hang out with Richie? Kick Incognito, do I want him to watch my you know kids or babysit? No, um, that you know that's a that's another story altogether. He was dominant in this game as a run blocker, working against the Bears. They're gonna get Gabe Jackson back. Rodney Hudson's a top five center in mm-hmm. the NFL. Colt Miller's playing better at left tackle. Guys, I think this is one of the, this is gonna be one of the best five offensive lines in the NFL, oh, and that is yeah. a good place to build a foundation for your football team. It's a
4: great place. Yeah. It's a great foundation, and. It- if you know anything about John Gruden, what he wants to do is play old school football. He wants to take it back to the 1980s. You talked about Trent Brown being able to dominate, Gabe Jackson returning, they're being able to run the football and impose their will their will on opponents. Make no mistake, this is a team that wants to kind of bring everyone in the phone booth and beat them up, so they then can set up big play opportunities for Derek Carr. Right now, the plan is is I mean, it's, it's right on schedule for what John Gruden wants. I didn't know that Josh Jacobs would be able to handle all of the responsibility of being the bell gal, but he certainly handled it in outstanding fashion.
0: And, and they did this without two of their better players on defense. Cleveland Farrell was out of this game, and then we, you know, Abrams hadn't played since week one when he got hurt, week
3: two. so well, Obviously, Vontaze Perfect was well, their best yeah, defensive yeah, player. Yeah, exactly was, right. That whole situation. Tyro Williams, their best receiver, right. didn't play. We mentioned right. Gabe Jackson didn't play. Oh, impressive. Well, like they had a full squad there over in London.
0: And uh, I think they benefited from spending the whole week there, which is – something to think about moving forward for these uh, for limited games, yep. no question.
3: Uh, okay, I think, am I
0: up next here? Did yes. Get into this? Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, go. Guys, I think I found the coach of the year, Sean Payton. Three by two to the near side. Bridgewater takes a gun, snap, quick throw, caught Mike Thomas at the five, breaks one tackle, walks into the end zone. Mike Thomas, Touchdown! So this has been pretty impressive what uh, Sean Payton has done, and I'll be the first to say that I was very skeptical about Teddy Bridgewater's ability for success in this offense based Mm -hmm. on what we'd seen from him in the preseason and going back to the start he had at the end of last season. The accuracy was not great, especially when you get more than five, 10 yards down the field, and we didn't see that at all in his first two starts. His air yards per attempt in the first two starts were dead last among all qualified quarterbacks. But maybe that's just a part of the game plan here for Sean Payton, who is a, a mm-hmm. game plan whiz. He's a play calling whiz and has showed us that, especially in these last three weeks where, yeah, they utilized, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's strengths in mm-hmm. the first two games, allowed him to become a little bit more comfortable. And then we see in Teddy's third start at home here against the Bucks, the same. Boom! Stats. They dropped we a bomb We The Saints offense. And so I'll tell you, Bridgewater becomes just the second Saints quarterback since the merger to throw for 300 plus yards and four plus TDs in a single game. The the only other quarterback to do that is Drew Brees, and he's done it 29 times. That's what I mean by this (laughs) looking like the Saints offense that we are used to seeing. Michael Thomas in that Mm -hmm. 12 to 16 yard range. And look, it certainly helps. Uh, DJ, that Mike Thomas is an absolute stud. uh, And I mean, as physical a wide out as we see in this game right now. um, But that to me shows you just how valuable Sean Payton is to your franchise, that he can put everyone in a position to succeed and accentuate their strengths that way.
4: Yeah, I think that's what great coaches do. Great coaches adapt to the personnel that's available to them. Great offensive coaches in particular do a great job of kind of getting on the same page with the quarterback, making sure that he is comfortable and ready to go. And what we saw, third start, Teddy Bridgewater started to play like the Teddy Bridgewater that we used to watch in Louisville. Had a plenty of And back
0: in 2015, his last yes. full season like, was the start. Let him, let him get think. it
4: out. They, they built it around Michael Thomas. They gave him plenty of touches. And so uh, this is one where if you're a New Orleans Saints fan, you should be encouraged not only because you know Drew Brees is coming back, but because the backup quarterback you have can play like a starter
3: in a pinch if you need him. I, I want to ask Bucky this because your yeah. track background, Buck. Um, you know, when it, watching this Saints offense for a couple weeks, it felt like when you watch a sprinter. Um, who's kind of in the preliminary rounds of a, a, at a track meet, and it's like okay, I just got to keep moving on to the next round. So I'm just kind of ease easing yep. around, you know, get that nice little lead, and then just kind of ease. It's like Michael Phelps side. in the Olympics, I don't just, need to spend it enough. all. Yeah, yeah I don't need to spend yeah. it all. Just move on to the next round. Just get me to the next round, and then it felt like this last week was like okay, now it's time. It was to the go. finals, and then Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> kind of opened it up, and it was it was. You know, I I, I do believe in the whole getting in the zone thing. I I think you see it in basketball all the time. You see what, you know, Look, Curry's notorious for that. Gets in a rhythm in a zone. and It's like it's lights out. I think you get in a zone not only as a quarterback. I think you get in the zone as a play caller. And I think I think Sean Payton really started to get a feel for this team. Buck, they were playing. You you watch the tape a lot of cover two, and then like quarter, quarter, half, and they were just wearing out that cover two side. The, the yeah. big home run ball uh, down the seam to Bridgewater where they've got a, the trailer yeah. ends up running the oh, seam t-t-t-g-in. and you've got yeah. the corner out. So the safety, the safety's in, yeah, to again, because the safety's in a complete bind. The middle linebacker, it's Tampa two. He doesn't get enough depth. He's not going to get enough depth to get back there again. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's yeah. one home run. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like smash. They're just running smash. Like It was just like taking candy from a baby out there, the way they were attacking that cover two side.
4: Out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really just remarkable the way that they, they were able to put it together. This is very, very impressive overall performance. Uh, as one, if I'm Sean Payton, man, I'm very pleased with the way the offense is. True.
0: Yeah, put that one on the resume tape. Uh,
3: all right, DJ, you got us. You're up next. Right. Let me keep it going here. Yeah, Packers ground game wins the day in Dallas. Aaron Rodgers ducks in under center. Jones alone set back. He
1: scored three times today. And here's the handoff. Jones spinning his way right side.
3: Yeah, they, they got after him, and it was interesting watching all the, uh the runs there for Aaron Jones. Man, there were so many times. Um, where the unblocked defender was Leighton Vanderesh, who's one of the best mm-hmm. young linebackers in the NFL, one of the best linebackers period in the NFL. He had a bad day. Um, Aaron Jones was able to make him miss. Um, they were able to move him with some of their motions and misdirection things, got him a little bit out of position. But he was oftentimes the unblocked defender. And even in the past game, they were able to get him out in space a little bit, and Aaron Jones uh, made a miss. But this was uh, this was the kind of the reverse of what we saw with the Packers, where uh, the previous week we saw the Philadelphia Eagles kind of just jam it down. their throats and here they go on the road they pack their run game as well
4: you look run game always travels offensive line play run game travels quarterback travels and if you have a defense like the packers are showing you have an opportunity and i think the big thing that happened uh, for me early in the game the green bay packers offense got in rhythm so they were able to jump out ahead of people and make them kind of abandon some of their balanced approach tactics when they were trying to chase points and so if the Green Bay Packers can kind of bottle this recipe up and put it in a formula and, and keep it on the shelf and remember, balance enough. Aaron Rodgers has to touch it enough on the ground to just balance out the offense, they can go very, very far this season.
0: I, I mean, we, we're gonna talk about it in the aftermath. I mean, this this might be the best team that Aaron Rodgers has had, whether it's run game combined with defense and for them to yep. you know get that opportunity. You know, for for Aaron this year to have that, I, you know, I, I'm excited. You know, to see where it takes them, because uh, we know that if you decide eventually, you have to put it on his shoulders. You know, you still got that in your back pocket.
3: Yeah, you certainly yeah. still have it in your back. pocket. It's nice right. to have different ways to win games, right. man. Not right. not just having one formula. I have a different formula. I think they have some fo- different formulas this year with this team. Yeah, yeah. one
4: team that is seriously Buck- one team that's discovered a formula are my Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Don't sleep on the Bills
0: third and three from the Tennessee seven Gore in the backfield with Josh Allen,
3: The snap and Allen fakes the handoff fires into the end zone. Touchdown, Duke Williams, touchdown, Buffalo, Duke Williams, a seven yard touchdown catch his first NFL touchdown. And it could not have come at a better time. Look, man, Bill's
4: mafia is standing up. They're excited. They're sitting at four and one. And look, I, w- I want to, tip my hat, Sean McDermott, what he's been able to do yeah. with this team. Like, He has really got them to buy into the fact of we are a complementary football team, meaning our offense must complement our defense, which complements our special teams for us to, eat, to get a win. And it is working. They're taking care of the football. They're doing a great job on defense. I mean, you're talking about a team that is really suffocating the life out of these aerial attacks. And then on special teams, they are flipping the field and getting enough field position to set up Josh Allen for scoring opportunities, Look, their margin for error is thin, but when they play the right right way, they win a lot of games. The Buffalo Bills are right on track. Uh,
0: By the way, and I'm going to double-check this here in a second, but I, I believe the only points the Titans scored in this game were off a Josh Allen interception. So, I mean, if you really start eliminating those turnovers, that defense has your back. Right. I mean yeah. outside I mean, of did it, every, outside of an extra possession, I mean they did they hold every them scoreless. I
4: mean, they've done they've done everything that you can ask the defense to do. They've created turn, takeaways, they've given, given up the big play. Yeah. They've been able to do it without putting themselves at risk by blessing. They are a team that is rock solid in coverage
3: and they just find a way to get guys home. You gotta give them credit. Think about this, Buck. How many times can you say this? I know Tom Brady can say it this year, but how many times as a quarterback you gotta feel good when you can look down, all you gotta do is look down at the number on your jersey. Yep. and yeah, know, if I can match that number, <laughs> we're going to win. Yeah, they, they they haven't lost a game where they've scored 17 points this year. Right. I mean, that's the number. That's the number. That's it. Confirmed. They've by They've given way. up the yeah. most points they've given up is 17. That's it. Yeah. They haven't given up more than 17 points in any game this season. So oh. uh, that's a nice luxury to have for, as, as an offense and as a quarterback. No doubt.
0: Yeah. And so th- that was confirmed. The only touchdown the Titans scored was off a Josh Allen interception where mm-hmm. the Titans then got the ball on the Buffalo 38. Right, so I mean like wow. that's yeah that's that's impressive. They also miss four field goals. Yeah, in they've game overcome too. a lot of numbers. So turnovers. there's there's that the Titans miss four field
3: goals. There's so, also that. Yeah, I mean that's a problem. Yeah, yeah. that is a problem. Different problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the uh, let's get to the big side. Oh night yeah. Game. Um, I, I won't I won't sing it. I won't sing it. Although Buck, if you want to, feel free. Oh yeah. Let's get, get physical? Right. physical. Oh, well, oh yeah. Physical. I mean, man, like that's that's physical. old school. I need to put on my uh-huh. leg warmers. And he put my leg warmers and take it back
4: since we're put taking everything big boy back. Big pants on for this the 70s game. and 80s. Why not? Roll it, Nabil.
0: Mahomes under center, hands off to Damian oh. Williams, stacked up. I no. don't think he got it. No sir. Justin Houston, a homecoming of sorts again for the big fella. 99 for the Colts. Knights in there gets a tackle for a loss on fourth down, and the Colts take over and plus territory inside the chief 35-yard line.
3: Yeah, look, I think so much attention is going to go on the Colts' run game and the way their offensive line kind of dominated with all those first-rounders, and that's kind of the uh, that was the big storyline—180 rushing yards. But to me, when you look at the other side, it was even more impressive. The Chiefs only rushed for 36 yards. Uh, that's one thing. But Pat Mahomes, I thought they did a nice job after that early drive. I thought they did a nice job of containing this pass game. They were able to batter him a little bit. Obviously, that offensive line is not healthy. But Buck, I, I was talking to Red about this a little earlier. Um, I thought it was interesting, the the game plan, when you look at coverage. I went back and charted it. Yeah. So if you look at the first quarter, so the first quarter, on uh, these are all dropbacks, right? So the Colts were in man on nine plays. They were in zone on eight plays. So 50-50, right? 50-50 mix. In the second quarter, the Colts played man on 15 of the 18 pass dropbacks. So... Almost exclusively in man. Then you go to the third quarter. Okay, you go to halftime. We see a lot of man there in the second quarter. Uh, Coming to halftime, they only had to defend five dropbacks in the third quarter because their offense held the ball. But it was three times they were in man coverage, two times they were in zone. So again, kind of that 50-50 mix. Get to the fourth quarter, nine times in man, one rep in zone. So in the first and third quarters, 12 to 10 man zone in the second and fourth quarters, 24 to four. So it was like really kind of playing two different defenses. Just every quarter, you just kind of alternate what you're doing. And um, I I thought it was uh, it was really a brilliant job. And when they were in man, it was pretty suffocating. Look, here's the
4: thing. And here's here's what Matt Iberfluss believes in and is what a lot of Tampa, two. Uh, proponents believe in. They want to play man to man or cover three on early downs to stop the run. So then they can back you up and play Tampa two, play zone coverage. The issue with playing zone against the Kansas City Chiefs, they are so explosive. They have so many players that just run through your zones. Your athletes aren't good enough to kind of match them in space. Yep. When you that face was a, their touchdown was in yep. zone when you face a Kansas City Chiefs team that doesn't have Tyreek Hill and then Sammy Watkins goes out, you now have all the confidence that you can match up and lock them up. Because by playing, man, what you do is you take away the layups. You take away the RPOs. You take away the gimme throws that are available in the offense. And so hats off to the Colts for doing that. But this is not a game plan that they were the only ones to use. The New Lions. Patriots yeah. used it. The Detroit Lions used it. And the Kansas City Chiefs are going to continue to see heavy man-to-man until they run people out of that man coverage.
0: And I think you guys hit the nail on the head here. I mean, obviously, a punishing run game by the Colts. I mean, that was soul-crushing at the end of the game just to watch them push the pile for three yards. I mean, it was like you just knew they were going to get a first down every time uh, when they had that opportunity. So the the things that I'll say, the terrific game plan, and they did it without – they executed the game plan the Colts did without mm. their best defensive players. Darius Leonard has still been out. Malik Hooker, yeah. Clayton Gathers, both out, and then they lose Kamoko Teray, who's been having a pretty good season. Yeah, that was nasty. Yeah, broken ankle. He's done for the year. That's unfortunate because uh, it's been a, it's been a nice year for him. So, look, I thought that was really impressive. Um, and then, how much does a mobile fully healthy Patrick Mahomes make a difference in the second half?
4: I mean, he makes a little bit of a difference because of the second reaction plays, but, man, his guys are having a tough time getting, getting open. open. Byron Pringle? Yeah, and yeah, now that,
0: that, have him on now that they
4: put that out there, uh, they put it on <laughs> tape. When you, when you put it out on tape, you'll yeah. see more teams that copy it. The issue that you really have is kind of fool's goal. Because if you play this much man to man against Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins, at some point they're going to get you. Yeah. I don't know if you can lock up and play them in man to man the entire game. Right. I think you have to pick and choose your spots when you go play some man.
3: Quincy
0: Wilson did a nice job
3: on well, Travis they played, Kelsey. They, yeah, they, he, he yep. did. No, they did a good job, and, and there was a lot of it was a lot of man free. Um, but to mm-hmm. me, like if you want to if you want to run the, the the best defense you can run to slow down any passing attack, really is two man, right? So you're gonna yes. end up playing man, but you still yeah, have you two high guys deep, yep. over the top. That's what if you think back to those 49er defenses that were so good that went to the Super Bowl under Harbaugh, that, that with Justin Smith and that and that crew up front, they could dominate and stop the run without any safety help. So they could park those two safeties in the parking lot. Uh, you could play man, and that that's that's, that's difficult. That's now. it. And I, I just think if I'm if I'm playing the Chiefs, I'm gonna dare Andy Reid. I'm gonna say, hey, you want to run the ball you can you can run it, um, but we, we're going to be willing to bet that you don't want to do that. So um, it'll be interesting to see how teams defend them once all those big dogs come back, because you're right. Uh, just playing man-free with Tyreek Hill running around out there, with Sammy Watkins running around out there, um, you got a little more uh, to worry about.
4: So I'm going to take this last one. Yep. Here we go. We can go down to Carolina, which was- look, Go it, for it, was, it. It was a it was great day, Ring of Honor, uh, Hall of Honor. Our own Steve Smith was That's inducted right. into the Panthers, Hall of Honor. But look, he had a chance to see that Christian McCaffrey is special.
0: First and ten, Panthers, backed up deep, handoff up the middle, McCaffrey running free, unbelievable, 30-35-40, 45-50 across midfield, can someone drag him down, 20 to the 15, the 10, the 5, McCaffrey takes it home! He was untouched on that play, Buck.
4: Untouched. (laughs) Great play design. 84. Everything, like, look, man, I've I've been kind of resisting the urge to say this, but... Is Christian McCaffrey the best running back in football right now? He's the MVP. I mean, mean, like, the way that he is doing debate. Oh, right now it's not a debate the way he's playing. I mean, the, the way that he is actually dominating the league. I mean, everyone knows when you walk into the building, Carolina's playing with their backup quarterback. Christian McCaffrey is going to touch the ball 25 times, and they cannot stop him. 19 carries, 176 yards, two touchdowns, six receptions, 61 yards, one receiving touchdown. The guy leads the NFL in rushing yards and scrimmage yards. You know what this is? This is Christian McCaffrey at Stanford. Everybody knows that he's getting it and <laughs> can't year. stop him. Yeah. I mean, like, this is him when he should have won the Heisman right. Trophy that year. Like, he Mr. is. 3,000. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he is robbed. dominating the game. And,
0: look, I – I thought he was going to be... He is outstanding. They kept calling the same play. Now, I know we say that a lot when we're watching. Like, oh, that looks like the same play. No. Greg Olson said it was this... He had never heard the same play called so many times in one game. Repeat. What happened to the Jags' defense? You can't stop one play? You can't f- make an adjustment and figure that there was out. Times
3: there was times though there was there were times where they had linebackers free in the hole and yeah, they didn't no make a trap. tackle sure and it I get was that. the same thing that's you man know, on man he, his lateral yeah. quickness and agility is ridiculous. So, I, I mean like, uh, and then you watch him in the slot you watch him split out wide I'm like yeah good luck. I mean right. he's, he's look he's a
4: he's a special player we knew he was a special player but I'm gonna say he looks like he's even a more explosive version of the. The, the player that we saw in college as a sophomore kind of dominate the game. His ability to make plays as a runner, as a receiver, he is all over the place. I think what's interesting about this, because people have tried to make it about the Kyle Allen thing, I think the interesting thing will be when Cam Newton comes back, can Norv Turner make this offense go with Christian McCaffrey being the lead horse and Cam Newton being the complementary piece?
0: Yeah, if, that if, be, if they oh, go back yeah. to Cam. I think I think, I think
4: I think I think I think they will go back. I, w- I, I think agree. they will go back with him, but I just think it's interesting because look, you talk about a dynamic weapon, and I know Cam Newton maybe he can't do the things that he used to be able to do when he was running. But look, man, if I feel like Cam is on a, sh- a short run anyway, man, I'm gonna run the heck out of him, and I'm gonna go the whole thing with Certainly. him and Christian McCaffrey, and I'm going to terrorize defenses with the th- fact that I have a two headed monster in the backfield where either one of those guys can run. Formula. If I
3: told you guys before the season started that uh, uh, the player that's going to be fifth in the league in receiving yards after five games was going to be a former LSU wide receiver who's D playing with a super energetic Chark. quarterback. Yes. I'm going to go out on a limb and say you would not have guessed it to be DJ Shark. <laughs> uh, but that? he has been outstanding, man. And that is, again, this comes back. Um, I, I want to just go through this list here real quick of the top six. This is in receiving yards right now. And I want to and I'm going to hit it at the end with what I think um, we've talked about this trait being underrated for quarterbacks. I'm beginning to think it's very underrated for receivers. Michael Thomas, Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup, DJ Chark, Keenan Allen. All of those guys are tough, physical wide receivers and that to me says something there and not just i mean they're they're good route runners got strong hands these guys are physical and tough and in the, and the next two beneath them Tyler Board Tyler Boyd and Cortland Sutton are other guys who play a physical brand of football, man. So I, I I don't know. I think there's there's a little something to that. DJ Chark is explosive. I get that, too. But he's tough and physical as well, man. He was a great special teams player at LSU. All those guys get open.
4: Yeah, no, there, there's something to it. Like, look, it's a tough man's game. And you have to have toughness. Uh, DJ, you know, you spend time in two organizations. You talk about the Baltimore Ravens and how they pride themselves and kind of being the bullies yeah. on the block. You have to have tough guys because when you bring in receivers who are tough to go along with um your running backs and kind of like if you're a team that is committed to running the ball you got to have those kind of players and so i think there is something to that um there is a requisite toughness that you have to have at a position but the guys that we're seeing that are big physical that don't mind doing the dirty work over the middle those are the guys that kind of lead uh lead the league in terms of catches and yards and all the other stuff that you want to see in the passing game good one boys no
3: <laughs> out all right but guys Football's back. Watch live local primetime NFL games for free all season long with the Yahoo Sports app or the official app of the NFL on your phone or tablet. Plus, get all your latest breaking news, highlights, and more. Download the NFL app or the Yahoo Sports app in your app store or at nfl.com mobile today. Certain restrictions and data rates may apply. Man, that was a jam-packed episode. I feel like we did like 20 takes, yep. today, it's not 10. No, today. it certainly felt well.
0: The, the Redskins situation uh, certainly uh, makes <laughs> made it feel that way, and we'll continue to dive into that on the aftermath at 3 uh, o'clock Eastern time.
3: Yeah, be sure to check that out. Appreciate you guys listening to us today. Fun episode. We'll be back. A couple more episodes coming your way later this week. Do appreciate you guys leaving us those uh, ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Drop a question in there, and we will answer it on Thursday's show. Appreciate it. We'll, uh, We'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks.
0: Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, and Rhett Lewis. For more, go to nfl dot com slash podcast.
2: You can rent a car, a house.